Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello. Who twisted his head in a weird way, and Benjamin Richardson. It was, oh. a, it was a head shake of <laughs> approval. I was like, ooh, It better be, just because we're recording at half past four on Friday, and nearly <laughs> everything will go wrong does not mean that it's not an unprofessional podcast, Jules. Yes. So we'll see how we go. Okay. Um, yeah, so going forward, uh, and we've done it for the last few podcasts as well, we have the hashtag WCGP over on Twitter where you can leave questions and thoughts and different bits and bobs that you'd like us to get to. Now, we had loads of questions come in because we asked for them. You should uh, specify that these questions should be video game related and also pertaining to speak to one to of be. us. Because if it's just like, what's Not this growth or do I need to, do yeah. I need to get fungal cream for this? I can't I'd help probably, you, pal. It's unless, probably fine. Unless that's a question directly related, like an adventure game or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think... Yeah. Hospital. Yes, oh, two yeah, point hospital. Yeah. I think if they just you know just said what if, and then we just go from there. Yeah, I don't need that existential crisis. I do at half four, <laughs> but um, the one that I was going to read out because we also put out a community post on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that community post, uh, we got on from Ross McCaskill, okay. who um, we're going to open the que- open the podcast on this question, then we'll get to what uh, the meat of the thing is. Sure. Um, but this one is from Mr. Ross McCaskill, um, who says, "What do you think the biggest trends, positive or negative, will be across the next console generation?" And he cites monetization, single player versus multiplayer, indie versus AAA, etc., as endemic of this generation. What do you think is going to happen next gen? I think that we're going to see a massive move towards uh, gimmick peripherals. Uh, again. That's weird. I was going um, to say that I think VR is going to be a big, a big rush VR, for a VR while. VR has really taken off, and mm. I know that loads of people are still deriding it, saying that it's not going to be the future of gaming. Have you ever actually played like those fully formed games? Well, I, I haven't like, because I have issues with my vision. But <laughs> at what point does a gimmick become just an established? thing that we accept when it's the we well you're yeah. until you get a t-shirt mate <laughs> <laughs> you're that's, what it, that's what it's made it. you repeat it enough and then eventually when it becomes merchandisable then i don't know like, give do you me, think it's a positive thing, I, or a negative I, thing? I don't think it's um it depends on how it's approached because uh, if you uh, look at the footage of that new walking dead game that's all vr it looks Ooh. fantastic i've like, not seen that like really good like to the point where it's quite grim actually because you stab hmm. a, like a zombie in the head with a screwdriver but the game measures the force of your stabs <laughs> and it won't go in unless you properly wham it oh, in i the definitely head. need pressurized stabbing in my games going forward i mean it's, gta 6 it's blurring the lines a little bit so it'll mm-hmm. be it's negative all, it's so typical Sorry to interrupt you there, but the first thing that is used for is is a measure of violence. (laughs) There could have have been a VR game about scrubbing your bathtub. Well, I was going to go with how tight can you hug, but, you know, cleaning. I'm not going to lie, the first use of it was definitely over in the uh, Japanese porn market, and I'm not just just generifying there. That is literally (laughs) what they... they... Could have been any old porn market. Got to be the Japanese porn market. No, have you seen... There's literally a specific Japanese animation porn thing, and literally they were using VR and AR stuff for just porn. Have we seen it? I think that's very much listen, listen, <laughs> man. Look, if they, 
bring in the, the AR technology, then they can bring it into the world as well. But I don't want to see some sort of tentacle monster <laughs> they call it, every day. You know what they call it? They call Go it on. ARS. Good. Arse. <laughs> Good. He's popped himself there. Again, it's half four in the afternoon, not to worry. Um, so yeah, um, Benji, what do you think will happen next generation in terms of the, uh, the different well, trends? the eternal pessimist, I think. The, <laughs> all all the, the most egregiously horrible um, part, things that we've experienced in the industry in the last few years, the monetization and, mm. and, and the gradual decline of games as a creative institute mm. as they've <laughs> developed into a service, paid for service. I think that's going to be exacerbated and become mm. ubiquitous, I think. So, what, so you'll pay 50 quid for a title and then it'll be updated in about five months' time yeah. with episode one. Yeah. So oh. Like the, the version of uh, it was like super early access that Devolver Digital made a joke of at their E3 conference oh, yeah, where it was like, as soon as you've got a headline, like, you know, a main title of what this is going to be, start paying us now. We'll tell you yeah. what it is in the months going forward. Um, so anyway, yeah, for the meat of this thing, um, this is a bit of a spin-off from the Chatty Face video that we already had go up on YouTube, which you, you can go across and check out, uh, where we talked about games that we wouldn't play twice or games that we, for whatever reason, wouldn't revisit after we finished it. Mm. And I kind of thought we'd just blow that out. It's like, I want to get to um, that idea of revisiting games. Like, do we tend to revisit games quite a lot? And do we end up finding out that they were better than we thought, they're worse than we thought? How much has hype dissipated? How much are you able to sort of get a better better measure of a game uh, when all that those initial things have sort of dissipated? <sighs> Well, what n nostalgia is mm. like an amazing thing. It is the just best. seen the Sonic movie. Have you seen the Sonic movie? I have seen it. And I thought it was fine. I thought it's weird because me and Benji absolutely adore Sonic, and we thought it was a bit pap. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't know thing. if you love Sonic. No, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love Sonic. Because nostalgia I, worked against us. I, I got to Sonic 06 and then I stopped because yes. I got reasonable common sense. <laughs> but other the movie's better than Sonic 06. There we go. Then I don't Sonic. know if that's true. What yeah. are you on about? It's not better than him kissing a princess. Are you mad? It's it not works for a start. No. Anyway, carry on. Nostalgia. Nostalgia <laughs> is the best marketing tool that any single company can exploit. You yes. look around and see how many things are 80s marketed at the moment because that's it speaks to the uh, widest demographic that has the most disposable income at the time of recording. <laughs> I don't know if it's changed in <laughs> Brexit. It's pushed right us right at this point. Mm -hmm. So therefore, exploiting that is amazing. But... It can also be obviously very, very bad because you can see your favorite which stuff is, get absolutely which is ruined. Why right. there's a great trend these days to remaster games from the ground up rather than just yes. add polish and remake them. Mm -hmm. Because, but the thing is, is the nostalgia goggles—they are blinding. And as we all know, we will sit here and be like, "I remember X game being fantastic," you know and I haven't been back and played X game yeah. in a number of years. And I went back and I played Goldeneye recently. It's pretty good. It's no, okay, right. It's, it doesn't control very well. That's the thing. I'm, I'm kidding. That's I don't it, think it is very, it's, it's, it's very well. I think that it's a fantastic game, like mechanically for what it was, the, the controller that it was using on the platform it was on the N64. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fantastic, but I just am, I've been spoiled by dual well, analog games it's, now. It's the context. See, the, the, the games we revisit and find aren't as good mm. as we used to think of, ones that don't hold, hold up, and nearly always games that at some point were considered groundbreaking or innovative. Yeah. And Goldeneye Ooh. was one of those games. I think Goldeneye, alongside Half-Life, like really brought the first-person genre on mm -hmm. from its typical, you know, its mazes and its key codes. It gave it a structure, gave it mission, it gave it more of a narrative. It made the environment more interactive. But mm -hmm. now we, it's so taken for granted. I mean, it's 2020 three years since it came out so now good lord just, yeah you just left with a first person show that has very cumbersome controls mm. but then it's like you go back and play some games like doom who we could say popularized the first person shooter genre because of how popular it was back in the day mm -hmm. you still go back and play that and the speed of which it approaches mm. it the confidence the it, it, doom I, is still it, stellar it is fantastic yeah. that well, see, that's, so that's... why did so why is that one held up and that one and golden eye hasn't mm. I'm, I'm not sure but i think it has to do with there's, a, there's an obvious cutoff point when 
games move into 3D and it's around for mid 90s, about 95, 96. And the games before that are all generally uh, like perfected forms of a 2D ear. Yeah. And it's easy to assume because they're from several generations ago that can only be played ironically if it can't be enjoyed. <laughs> and, you, mm. and you go back and you do play them and think, you know what, this is absolutely fantastic. It's even better than I imagined. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a game that I um, haven't played in years that went back and I absolutely blew my tits off was um, Gunstar. You better not swear, Jules Gill. We haven't got time to edit this after half four. Gunstar Heroes. Good. Gunstar Heroes is it's, it's brilliant. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And at that time... Tits was a small bird, by the way. Carry on. Yeah, blue tits. Yep. And um, it basically, uh, you look at the art style of that it's beautiful, like legitimately looks amazing today. Mm-hmm. And yet a couple of years later, you get like Grand Theft Auto 3. You look at it by today's standards because of a 3D modeling and what we do with it now, it looks worse no, because we're judging it on a different scaling it's system. It's interesting you mentioned those two games because <laughs> I've got GTA 3 written down oh, as you know. a game that's aged excellently oh, in comparison with its, interesting. with its sequels. Uh-huh. And I've got Mischief Maker because I don't know if you played it. I on might have N64, which is a treasure platformer. Um, no, no. Effectively, a sequ- it wasn't a sequel to Gunstar Heroes, but it was a, I think it was the next project they did after Radiant Silver, mm-hmm. and that's aged terribly. Oh, I enjoy it. <laughs> Do you find that when you go back to stuff, like, because I I love going back to old games. I love like trying to immerse myself in what would have been the zeitgeist of the time. What was the big talking points at the time? And so for me, when I went back to Mario sixty four, um, well, for the I went to it for the first time. I thought that held up incredibly well. <laughs> I was, I was just like, out on the edge of my. <laughs> I know he's literally <laughs> loading a shotgun, but I think that um, you know, the the camera in that game was obviously very primitive. It was one of the first uh, times they ever did a 3D camera um, and it does tend to hang in weird places mm-hmm. like quote unquote based on where we've come uh, or gone but I think that that game still holds up because the mechanics mm-hmm. the physics I, the momentum is all great I unintentionally replay Mario 64 every year unintentionally yeah yeah, yeah exactly. I, you I can't help you wake up playing it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's odd to find myself I'm in dire dire ducks and I don't know how I've got that. <laughs> but, uh, it's, I'll give it a little go I'll play it like I'll, I'll, something will inspire me like I got a thing that I'll, anyway it'll it, it be, it be some thing that encouraged me to play Mario right. 64. Mm-hmm. And I'll think, I'll just get a couple of stars. I'll do the first level. I end up having have to do it to completion. <laughs> For the morning. It's so beautiful to play. Like, as mm-hmm. you say, the control is flawless. Yeah, I think that stuff can age better than aesthetics. But I was going to say as well with uh, old school graphics, outdated stuff, things that you'll go back to and be like, oh man, I had this mind's eye version of this game and then oh, mm-hmm. it's the reality of it. Like some of the stuff that I find when I go back to old games, especially like Resident Evils or um, old Final Fantasies, is that the backgrounds are so blurry and it, you yeah. never, you don't realize how far HD and 4K and stuff's come. <laughs> I um, I remember going over to my friend Sam's house and showing him Final Fantasy VIII uh, right. on his PC and he was just like, oh my God. And both of us were like, graphics will, graphics will never get better at this. You know when like Quetzalcoatl like comes out the animation and it mm. like, unfurls, it, we were like, that is so it's smooth, so that is unbelievable. And like looking back at the same scene now, I'm just uh, like, I can't tell what this is. Like, <laughs> is, is this like, is this a ghost made of candle wax or something like that? I have no That's idea. That's what Quetzalcoatl means if you sort of <laughs> yeah. unravel the words. Um, I was going to say as well, because before we came in, Jules, uh, well, we were all kind of talking about like remasters and remakes and what makes you want to buy a remaster mm. or a remake. Mm. Um, and we had a whole thing a couple of years ago about like the validity of whether like Crash, like the Crash Insane trilogy was valid as a 2017 game. And I didn't think that it was because it was more of a glorified reskin. Mm-hmm. But like something like Resident Evil 2 is a full on remake. Yeah. So it's like, um, you were saying that it's you find it hard to go back to stuff unless they've done enough to justify like newer well, things. This is what I've because uh, recently um, Vanquish at the time of recording Vanquish and Bayonetta just had their tenth anniversary mm-hmm. uh, re-release. The bundle. Um, now they are both ports of the PC versions of the game, and I just did the review of them on the site. I think it's gone live. Oh, it's live. Yeah, yeah, cool. And the biggest problem with that is is that they are both fantastic games, and they are the best iterations of those games. But if you're looking to get something new of the experience, which I think that people will. 
actually demand because it's mm. like if you use the term remaster, re-release or remake, you expect something to come with it to act as a reason or bonus to mm -hmm. buy it, like a new stage or a cut content or something like that. There's none of that. It's here. like 60 frames a second in 4K. So but like, the, that's kind of obvious. But this is the thing. You're then just going, okay, I now own the best version of this game, which is fantastic. But I feel like somehow there's not enough to justify, which is so yeah. weird because I love both of these games. Which I can really quickly contrast to the Devil May Cry 3 re-release on Switch, the special edition, because mm -hmm. they've added the style switching mechanic from DMC 4 and 5, which fundamentally changes the way yeah. you play 3. And they've added a new co-op mode as well, where one player is Dante, one player is Virgil, which they never had, they've never done before. And this is DMC 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this, that, that game is a long, long ago. Mm -hmm. like, so, But that idea of, like, you know, I'm going to pick up this old game that's been remastered, like, it does, with DM, in DMC's case, they've done enough to make it a new game quote unquote mm -hmm. or like for me as a, as a massive Devil May Cry fan I'm looking at that as like a new release almost um, whereas Vanquish and Bayonetta it's like here's Vanquish and Bayonetta it's but, the same thing but the thing is if it was the Vanquish and Bayonetta if we hadn't already had those PC ports and this was the first time that they mm. were in 4K and were at 60 frames per second I would be singing a very different tune here it's because we've seen it all before and now we're just moving them over to the to the console so I've I a PC don't know what that is. I've got it yeah, on console. Some good games on the PC. Yeah, there's, I hear there's a few. There's a few. Yeah. Can't spell um, it. I have to say, remasters of the types you're talking always leave me feeling a little cold very quickly. Mm. At mm. first, I'm usually wowed or, or really happy to see something I love presented to me in a much great, uh, much greater scale and in a much better package. Mm -hmm. But then I realise it feels exactly the same as a game I've played many times before so why don't I just play that game see that's what I was going to say but like revisiting stuff like would you rather they just just back I mean obviously there's a just left alone right there's a because, reason Mario 64 has never been remastered on this thing you'll go on the, back on the, on the 3DS I wouldn't Ooh, call it a that's that, a that yeah. will literally they went divide, back to it I'm just saying that will divide not vouching fans. for it but yeah. they went back to it because I, I remember speaking to people who loved um, Mario 64 and then saying did you like Mario DS they were like no <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to talk about yeah, it yeah Benji you know, tries to like, burn all copies of that yeah I do because what they do is <laughs> the, the, it's Mario 64 without the one thing that makes Mario 64 great which is the control mm. yes yeah yeah true and plus it's got extra stars and it's got Yoshi and all sorts like um, I'll tell you what is interesting is uh, when you find examples of games that I had to add in more because of like either limitations or they just couldn't do it the right the first time so around. There's a really great example. Now, you mentioned mm -hmm. the nostalgia goggles at the start yeah. of this pod. There's, a, there's an opposite. I don't, can't think of a pithy phrase to describe it, but <laughs> it's basically it's a set of, uh, of spectacles that make you look back on old games and decide, oh, they were never good. <laughs> even though, even though, <laughs> what, reality vision? I think that's called the YouTube comments. I don't know. It's a, the YouTube vision. That's yeah. exactly it might be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's even, even though like... Like, um, history suggests otherwise. Mm -hmm. So people say, oh, and, and one of the biggest examples is Sonic. And you mentioned Sonic. Oh, you mean that whole Sonic was never yeah, good? Sonic was never good. That's that's an opinion I... some people have. <laughs> I, I think one get... person who wrote that article had it, and then they all just sort of jumped on it. Well, I, I can't believe that. Why not people... true. Sonic was always good, but mm. interestingly enough, the Christian Whitehead um, iPhone parts of Sonic uh, and Sonic 2 allowed you to play the game in full 60 fps and mm -hmm. with widescreen significantly mm -hmm. and that was something that could not be done originally yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. and, it, and it actually improves the game dramatically so yes there, there is an actual purpose for it it doesn't mean the old sonic is bad no but it just means that yeah, that remaster it it, bettered it, it, it it's again. something yeah it's something totally new and but that'd be the opposite of leaving them alone though like if there's worth worthwhile quality of life improvements then you can apply them well it depends because i don't i don't often see that we do get life improvement mm. we usually what? just get 
the same thing for you 20 pound. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't it interesting though that like you might forever play those original Sonic games and never ever think about, oh, maybe this would be better in widescreen. Well, and then all of a sudden it comes along and you're like, that, Whoa. Yeah. yeah, like Sonic Mania was, was so large. Was it wasn't until I played Sonic Mania that I realized that actually Sonic can, can actually be even better. How good, <laughs> that, how good is that game, by the it's way? It's flawless, by the way. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, like going forward with the new systems, obviously the PS5 and the uh, Xbox Series X, there's a big push for backwards compatibility mm. and assumedly bankable nostalgia. <laughs> um, but with backwards compatibility comes the assumption that you're just playing that original game. Although the way that um, Microsoft have been doing it on the Xbox One X, if you put an old game in, it'll up res it automatically. Everything will render way cleaner than it did before. And for me, it felt like I suddenly unlocked all these free remasters. Mm. Like I put SSX3 in um, and it ran faster than ever before. The menus look really clean. All the character models look really clean. Um, and I saw texture detail that wasn't there before. And I was like, oh man, this is really, really cool. Mm. Um, and obviously there's like a side conversation around how much uh, this generation has monetized those tiny steps forward. Like the prototype remasters, which were just just prototype again, but it's slightly cleaner for like 30 pounds or whatever. Like I, I always worry because there was that big discussion about why the PS4 was not backwards compatible. Mm. Because Sony just said like, listen, at People some point want you're going to have to let go of the past in order for us to actually move and then, forward. And then within but, the first year we got hundreds of remasters. <laughs> because because mm-hmm. no, no one will let go of it. No <laughs> one will let go. And we will always call back to it and say, I want this, but looking better. But you end up with... Um, HD remasters and stuff like that that arguably are not necessary. They like, lie on the same like, thing. This yeah. is the thing. I will get into a lot of uh, trouble, I would say, with some Zelda fans <laughs> On right the streets? Now. A lot of the Wind Waker... It's all right, we're not going to attack you. ...was perfect the first time around. I actually think the HD remake looks worse. Yes. So, And, and that was one of the biggest selling points. So they said it looks better. Not, not the fast sale mechanic, which actually genuinely it's, is a lot of Oh, they tweaked a lot of stuff like, in Wind Waker, like, which, yeah. is, which is amazing. But when they were just <laughs> touting the graphics so much, I was there, like, it the, just the, all you've done is add a bloom effect. The irony of the Wind Waker HD remake is that they said, you can play this, but you don't have to fanny about as much as it used to. It's got less than it did before. Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but the, stuff, but the stuff it took out was so much busy work. Like, yeah. the, no, no, but it did, but it's just yeah. interesting. Look, you can play it now with a smaller map. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, yeah. if anything, they sort of took yeah took a bit of stuff out and then still charged like a premium for it. But What are your, your favourite remasters that have come out then? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to get that Devil May Cry one tonight, but um, mm. I don't know. I, I'm really that excited for a remaster because I treat a, a base a baseline remaster, I treat that as a, a way to do backwards compatibility. And it's like, I eat the cost of it. I don't buy that many of them, but I sort of eat the cost of it and I'll play Jack and Daxter for a bit or something. Mm. Um, but it's more just about accessibility. I tend to think of it in terms of building a library. Like I already, maybe I already own like X number of old games, but I want them digitally. So that licenses forever. And I go and get like the Jack and Daxter trilogy or whatever mm. um, and go back through like a bit of it and scratch the itch and go, okay, I remember this. I've satisfied the, I played so much SSX3 over Christmas. Um, but that was because I got my Xbox One X. Um, I don't I don't know about you, but like I don't tend to get that excited 40 remaster other than in the day, in a Devil May Cry 3 case, I was like, oh my God, that's going to change the way I play that. A good example was um, uh, Onimusha. Uh, yeah, I got the, that. Re- had the remaster, and I, I loved the original game. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of the standout PS2 titles for me, and I followed the entire series mm-hmm. all the way through to France and back, but then, <laughs> like, it came up to the remaster, and I was like, oh man, this is great. I can mm-hmm. finally get to play it like this. And it came out, and I didn't buy it, and now I'm just like... Okay, what stopped me from buying See, I, I it? Why didn't it. I feel like it had enough value? Because I clearly wanted it because I love this franchise. I am mentioning because um, we had we've got like some specific games that we're going to get to for a bit. But I, uh, I met, like it's worth mentioning Onimusha because going back to that, I didn't realize how short that game was. Yeah. I did it in like three hours. Like it's really, really well, short. It was one of the um of the very few PS2 titles that was launched with. If you remember the purple-ish backed discs. Yeah, I remember that, there were the two, double data ones. Yeah, there were two two types of disc, and one of them was significantly less memory space. Something than the like other. that. 
yeah. And Onimusha, unfortunately, was one of the ones that was that because I think it was a launch title. Oh no, it wasn't a launch title, or but it near, did have that near, pebble dust near, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, but I mean, in terms of the way that that thing looked, like I, I remember that being an absolutely gorgeous game that I got so lost in, and it was like, oh my god, it's the Resident Evil engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you go back to it now, and it is so much the prototype that they span off from what became Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that it reused a bunch of assets and stuff. It's like I think that the first time we went through something like all the GTA games across the two thousands, it's like okay, this is one game engine for three Vice City San Andreas, um, and you can tell that they've reskinned it, and it's the same thing. But but when we went through it the first time, there was so much hype around those games. Obviously, mm. we were younger. Mm. Um, they felt like, oh, my God, these things are amazing. Um, but even the release schedules, they were coming out like one year after or two years after. Uh, the turnaround was just so fast. But I don't know. Going back to stuff like that, I have a renewed appreciation for them. But I also see some of the strings in a way that I didn't before. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case with them. Because you were mentioning GTA 3 is one of the ones that's aged the best. I think it has. But I think that's a very that's very specific to GTA. Mm. Simply because when I played, I was playing through San Andreas, although I think the world is better than any that Rockstar have maybe done since. Mm-hmm. I actually found the what, missions. What, Liberty City? Um, no, no, in uh, San Andreas. Oh, right, yes. I found the missions themselves. It, it was it was Rockstar starting the game of that rhythm of trying like to... Like wacky mini games. Yeah, but which which at the time, games hadn't really done that, so I wasn't no. totally tired of yeah. it. Like, I, I, the idea of a scripted narrative through gameplay was not really explored. So I, I liked that. I liked how cinematic it was, but now it just mm-hmm. like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> just following a series of instructions again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, something like um, like you said with San Andreas, that was what kept the, those, those things fresh. Whereas I think yeah. if you go back to GTA 3, even visually, it's, I think GTA wow 3 factor. looks lush. You can't recreate a wow factor. Mm. It's impossible. No, which you're is, right. Which mm. is why we often find that games launch titles and games early in a system's life cycle tend not to age very well. Because if you, because when I went back to, when I, I keep saying go back to, for the first time, when I went to Mario 64, that still blew me away in a different way. It can't possibly blow me away in the same way because I didn't play it in 96, but yeah. like I still felt the progression of the medium through that game. I was like, oh my God, you can tell why this is such it a big really deal. really is an outlier though. Mm. We're talking about a game that isn't, wasn't just a great game. It was one of the best ever. And it was <laughs> widely considered the best game mm-hmm. ever when it came out. Mm-hmm. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. And I still think it is 
in the top five. I still think that thing holds up. Um, we should break down some specific games. Uh, we wrote down Vanquish. Um, first up, Benji, did you play Vanquish? I didn't play Vanquish. Okay. I find it hard to say. It's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice slick. Uh, if you, it's Gears of War with like uh, rocket Joel's boots. Joel's told me about it many times. Oh, it's, usually it's such a good time. <laughs> it's just fun. It's the most stupid bro-heavy thing ever because it like knows exactly like, what like, it is. Like well, that. you say that it yeah, does, so. but then I realised that because this is actually a platinum games uh, storytelling trope, in that they have no idea of subtlety. <laughs> they don't understand. I don't what, want and the thing is, is that their storytelling um, mechanics are really odd. Like right. the, uh, the wonderful 101 is probably the most digestible platinum games thing ever, or the near automata one, but only because of the fact that Square Enix was basically like, here's the reins, we're pulling on them, we're pulling yeah. on them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near like, still requires three full playthroughs to even get like a third end, like an act. But like at least it has act, a sort yeah. of natural progression from yeah. point A to B. Whereas if you play like God Hand, for example, or even <laughs> Bayonetta, when Bayonetta is insane. Like, Bayonetta starts you out falling off the side of a of the of the world on like a clock tower battling mm. demons and angels and after you've completed that first segment only then does it tell you the controls it does, yeah. I do not understand how that <laughs> how mechanically that works I think they want to hit you up front with just like here's how crazy the game engine and yeah. stuff is but um, in terms of like revisiting stuff did you find going back to Vanquish that it hit it aged well because like yes. I didn't realise how hard that game was I don't know why maybe I was better when I was younger but I do not remember dying in that game at all and I died like 20 times last night it is a game that requires your synapses to be firing on full mm. gear all the time because I have not played the 60 frames per second one I didn't play the PC port. Right. I only played it on 360 when mm -hmm. it came out. Same. And then, uh, so it was a long, long time away. Went back to 360, played that quite a few times. Then this came out, so I suddenly got to see it fluidly. Mm. It was amazing. There's a few sort of like issues with the um, up res that's happened. Like there's a few shading, like textures that are a bit weird and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But being able to see all of those bullets in minute details just sliding past, I was like, this is genuinely that's still impressive. That's great, yeah. The thing, like, like I said, I didn't, the thing that I that had passed me by, uh, I didn't associate with its reputation over time was the difficulty. Um, and then just the way that like your, the melee attacks are the same boost meter that you use to use your jets no, with. I like that. I hate that because oh. I want to, I want to boost through a combat scenario then come out with a boost and kick shoot some dudes in slow-mo and then finish a guy with a melee attack and i can't because i used up all my boost getting there in the first place no because the melee is meant to be your last ditch <sighs> effort to get into combat but also if you're on low health and you and also that thing is like your save it's a, like if you're on low health before you die it'll kick you into slow motion instead yeah, yeah. but if your boost has run out you just die i do love the fact that when you like do the slow motion and you're in the like death state as it were and you're like come on i just get the last <laughs> few shots out there. i wish i had something where if you took out the guy that injured you it gave you a health boost because you, you yeah. go into slow-mo, you shoot some dudes, and you're just there waiting for them to replenish again. But which, again, yeah. that would have like that small tweak would have been an effective marketing tool for the mm. remaster. If they'd done it so that you get like a chip of energy back, that would have fed into the whole scoring mentality. They could have doomed it a little bit, yeah, make it more could, like combat chess. Because um, you guys ever played the club? Oh god, the um, really old run and gun thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 2006. Had a, that had a similar mechanic, didn't it? Where it's like you shoot enemies and you get points and more time to go kill more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like um, you were like running through a jail cell. You had to shoot some that dudes. It. It's a bit like manhunt. Like, it's like an arcade mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Smash TV yeah. style thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's um, one of the things you had done, Benji, was the first Tomb Raider. Well, I was going to talk about that, but go on. I've changed my mind. So <laughs> no, I uh, <laughs> fair dues. I don't really get excited over intricate bullet detail in okay. the way that Joel's does. You're missing out. There's some good bullets. Tell you the sort of game. I like, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's the sort of game that hasn't aged particularly well. I like. Uh, <laughs> He's gonna say Legends of Larry or something. He might. Like. No, <laughs> that's aged very badly. Very <laughs> badly. It was never it was, good in the first place. When the, when the <laughs> you know what it wasn't <laughs> when when the DS came out. Uh, was it two thousand and five? Sure. Mm -hmm. It was an adventure game by a company called Sing, or it might be pronounced King. I don't know. I think it's Sing. Mm -hmm. right? uh, they don't exist anymore, unfortunately. 
this was called Another Code. Okay. And it's about, it's a girl, she receives a parcel for a birthday. I think it's a 13th or 14th birthday. And it basically is a DS. <laughs> and she has to go to an island for reasons I cannot remember, but she's trying to discover the mystery of her mother's either disappearance or death. And while she's there, she with makes, a 3DS, with with a with a with DS, a regular oh, with a DS. DS. Oh, sorry, which is <laughs> some sort of conduit to the environment in a way that a lot of Nintendo games like to do. That okay. makes sense. Um, and on there, she meets a, a ghost called D, and of she course. explores this mansion, and she just just does puzzles, but which is all it's it's fun. It's like a bit like Mist. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but okay. Right. What made it so special is that it used the various I- interesting new features of the, of the DS's hardware for its puzzles. So, for example, there's a puzzle where you have to close the lid to close. <laughs> I remember this game. Yeah. Do like yeah. you have to blow on the screen? You have to blow mm. on the screen because there's a point where uh, I think it's a keypad is quite dusty. Oh, amazing. That's, that's, that's good. And one like of the puzzles, that. honestly, one, to this day, to be honest, one of my all-time favorite uh, video game puzzles is where you have to angle the two screens just so you can see one reflecting in the other yep. to see a, a button combination. That's or, or, so cool. It's, but it's That's like so really cool. innovative and really interesting, but it's all ultimately gimmicks. Right. So you come back to it and hmm. you're, not, you're thinking, well, so many DS games have done this now. It's yeah. actually not that great. The story's But at the cliched. time. Yeah, I was amazed because it, it was a new way to interface with hardware. It was a new uh-huh. way to interact with the game. Mm. And that was really exciting to me. It's similar to, like, if you ever play Zack and Wiki? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So would you ever want to play that game again? Not really, no, <laughs> no. Same, same like, with Billy Hatcher and the yeah. giant egg. I just, I just oh, got God, no, Billy Hatcher. I've got no interest in going Did you ever go, yeah, when you go back to something like that, did you ever have that thing where you sort of, you see, like you said, a game developer going for a very specific method of control and it just didn't catch on? That one did. Well, it didn't um, catch on because right. it went out of business. What, what? Kid Icarus on the 3DS. Yeah. That has whoever designed that is a madman. Like, <laughs> because you had to sometimes put the control, you had to put the 3DS down in order to actually hold it properly to okay. get all of the buttons. I do not did understand you ever, this. You like your Japanese RPGs. Did you ever I play do, The indeed. World Ends with you? Um, that was the another Square Enix one, wasn't yeah, it? Where yeah, it was, it was yeah, on, yeah. You're basically, you're fighting on two screens at once. Yeah, and one is with the stylus and one is with the control. It's, okay, and, and the whole point is to try and maintain rhythm between the two. Right, screens. It's, it's really it's difficult. Impossible. Okay, yeah, because going back to i mean the, obviously like if you cite like the generation that's ending at the minute for me one of the only big things that took off outside of like maybe battle royale is dark souls was the dark souls mm-hmm. control scheme that just sort of proliferated yeah. everywhere but um well let's see i don't i don't want kind of things to become ubiquitous i just want mm. to see people be inventive and original but mm. once we do that it's it's passe when you go back mm-hmm. to i know of um sing did a sequel called not a sequel but another adventure game called hotel dusk which had uh, rotoscoped graphics. Everything looked like the music video of Aha's Take On Me. Nice. Right? Okay. But you held the DS like you would hold a book right. like, vertically. I uh, know. And it was really interesting, but it was actually a very, very boring game. <laughs> Do you think that like those control schemes stand out because we know what they've become normalized as now? Like I go back to Deadly Premonition and you can shoot with the no, face the, button, no, which is just out, horrendous. stand out because control schemes are so normalized. That's what I mean. Like yeah. they've become more homogenized now, yeah. but it's like, are they better now? I used to like when every other game had its own control scheme. I used to like mastering a game. Well, Rich is playing through a game at the moment where um, he uh, the concept is you get guns that ha- are like randomly made. They've got like different triggers and uh, no, it's not. No, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, but you, it's all in VR. And, oh, okay. Um, Bone works. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to reload the gun properly. So like, if it's a six shooter, you have to pull it out and then tip all That's the bullets cool. out and then put them all in. You can right. like quick loads and stuff like that. And I was like. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And now immediately, 
I'm over it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. So when another game does that, I'm just going to be thinking of this game and so on and so forth. That's mm-hmm. the problem with inventing new stuff is that immediately, as soon as it comes out, it becomes a product of the time. It's like, mm. it's like a roller coaster. You mm. go on it in the first time, it's the best thing ever. And you think, oh, I need to go on it again. Then you queue up and it's, uh, it's, a, dim- it's a diminishing return. Things like the, um, like they take it and run with it though. Like that's a good way to make a shooter fundamentally work in VR in a way that it can't work on a controller. Because mm. I think that v- well, VR is a... That's the point, isn't it? To try and use the new hardware, give you brand new experiences. Yeah, I was going to say like VR as a medium is lacking those things, is lacking stuff that only works in VR. Like, yeah. But you, I'd much rather have a well-crafted, well-written RPG story that is by the numbers in many other ways than being able to reload a gun in VR. Why? Because for me, I'm not like looking for the new experience, I'm looking for the best experience. Oh, but that that gives you the Ubisoft school of thought, and then you've got all the. But that's this is fundamentally the best thing, but it's the same as the one from last year. I'm just saying that there are franchises that have been very very successful in repeating the same thing and oh. doing it a little bit better each time. <laughs> oh. Oh. or you could blow on it. Oh, you could blow on it. <laughs> True, that's all, that always works in any situation. As a last resort, but you could do the Nintendo thing as we discussed earlier and just innovate and make it the best at the That's, same time you know what yeah yeah give him i'll give him credit with credit <laughs> like i have not played a nintendo first party game and thought to myself this is really dull apart from skyward sword oh no they're, they're, Ooh, they're, i played skyward sword one of it's the games dull. i went back to last year which disappointed me was twilight princess oh you're gonna get a lot of hate because I, I, I was like I that know. right okay. i think anyone right, who goes you, back to that realizes have though. you seen the um those tier ranking Memes that were going around like yeah. all oh, the pyramid ones, yeah, yeah. That, that infuriate me every <laughs> single time because <laughs> they're my, just designed for clicks. Because my views are always different. I always feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm stupid for not getting it. And they put Breath of the Wild as a B tier game. What was about but, it? Um, the what? Well, everything else, <laughs> like I'm like a, a double S ranked tier was Twilight Princess and um, that's just Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. That's like, and I'm not calling them out, but that's like when Polygon ranked all the Mario games and they said Super Mario World on the Wii U was the best Mario ever. New should be called out. That. Super Mario 3D <laughs> yeah. World is actually a very good game. Yeah. No, it's, it's totally solid, it's, but uh, none of them are 64 or yeah, Like, I mean, it's come on, come with honor. The one we got the world map. Yes. yes. That's my favorite one. That, you know what? Having replayed it years later. Oh no. Because oh, no. This is, there's a big there's a big there's another reason why you might enjoy a game years later is because you played as a child and you're rubbish. <laughs> oh um, ghosts and goblins or uh, any yeah. super ghouls and ghosts. Like I have never completed one as a kid, but when I, I've returned to them, I finally beat it. And yeah. I was like that wasn't worth my time. No. But still, but still, <laughs> I You realize how, how much of those like, difficulty curves were just being really cheap to force yeah. you into either in the arcades, put more coins in, or just trying to uh, elongate longevity you know, through yeah. challenge. Speaking of difficulty curves, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto thinks Mario 3 is a disgrace. He does, yeah. Right, I pointed yeah, that out right, to you. Why is, he, right, why is he turning heel? I no, don't no, get this. No, he's, he's always embarrassed by it. Yeah. Why? He just thinks it's not good enough. <laughs> well, I mean, good for him in the fact that it's clearly pushed him to do he bigger then, and better things. Yeah. But still, like... Oh, do you know when you meet someone supremely talented... Uh, I'm sure you know some in this company, perhaps. And, and <laughs> yeah, you. You're basically mean you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they say, "Ah, oh, my writing's not that good. Oh, my, my, my music's not that good." And you're like, "Ah, oh, not that." Good. Like if if his disgrace is Mario Brothers yeah. Three, then it's like, oh "My God!" But I mean, that then spurred him on to do Super Mario World. So he, well, he, exactly he, he caught it back. Wait a minute. Go on. Okay, so this is a question to you and the audience. Yes, they, what, they can't answer. What has that man done? that he wants us to think that that's his biggest disgrace because he's clearly <laughs> doing smoke and mirrors. What has he done? Did he Look at kill, this tire right, fire did over he here. kill someone? Did he, did he bankrupt a company? Did he steal? There's something that he's done around that time where he's just associated like, oh, no, no, that's actually my biggest shame. Maybe there's a Look body in that it's cave where he discovered mm, Zelda. Uh, Dorshin the giant. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh. That's held up as like a hidden gem. Yeah, but it looks well, like... Yeah, anything, you know, anything. He's, he's, got a little, he's got a little, little yeah. organ going on. Yeah, but the thing is like oh, every single 64 double 
D game is held up as a as a gem because no one played it. It's so like it's before Double D. Game. That's what it was. D, yeah, oh, okay, right, right. Yeah. Thought you were going down a, a no, more no, 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 dead or alive route there, Mario, but yeah. Mario Artist, Mario Talent Studio. Good. Yeah. We've all um, we've all played Okami. I'm going to end on Okami. Okami, yeah, I've sure. got written down. Good. What did you think of Okami when you went back to I, it? Well, I'll tell you what I thought of it when I first played it. That too. Uh, I thought it was the best Zelda game I've ever played. <laughs> uh, Have you played Darksiders? <laughs> no. Carry on. Yeah, but in Darksiders, can, <laughs> are you a wolf? No, but you do get portals that they took from the Portal franchise yeah, and a really be, big sword. But you can't paint. He's got a hood, though. Let me tell you, Okami, really cool. I don't Okami, care. It's a hood's really good. Okami's such a good Zelda game, but yeah. Zelda decided to be Yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I lo- obviously, the aesthetic is just unbelievably it's so resplendent. Um, I like the dungeons. I like the combat. I thought it was charming. I thought the music was fantastic. I Unless you get to fight a giant armoured fishbowl <laughs> in the army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? You do that in a lot of games. You yeah, do that in you Earthworm Jim. Yeah. You do it effective. But at the end of Okami, as you just said. We should do, we should do a list on uh, the 10 uh, most Ooh. aquatic bosses. Or bosses that have been in more than one game. Yeah. Just planning the, just planning yeah, the hashtag content as we sit here. But yeah, no, um, when I replayed it uh, in HD a couple of years back, finally thought it's time. It's time to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it so boring so much talking all the time stops you every four steps it's sexist almost oh call me is yeah no oh, no trust me amaterasu no no amaterasu is not sexist she's uh she's a goddess of, mm. of, of virtue it's the bloody isn mm. every time a woman appears on screen he makes a very he makes remarks does he obvious remarks about the ladies he's a grabber yeah <laughs> he's a grabber isn't yeah um I just him and Tingle just... hang out in the same clubs. <laughs> I didn't know Tingle had his own game. Nothing to do with this whatsoever. Um, but he eventually got his own game. What's yeah. the one, one, one where you click Tingle's? It's Ruby, like Ruby t- Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ruby Ruby Wonderland. Tickle Tingle, Tingle's balls. Princess yeah. Peach had her own game, didn't you know? No, but they should have like done. They princess. should do a new yeah, one where, yeah, she, has where a she get where she gets emotional. Yeah, and that's her power. Yeah. Mm. Well, if she can channel it, <laughs> all for the good of. Don't humans <laughs> I just want to give it I want them to do a uh, the rabbits version of Peach give that a, a, a gun oh, yeah. a gun in a game <laughs> yeah, she has give, a big shotgun in the game just give Princess Peach a shotgun yeah I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the evil version of Peach Wapich <laughs> Wapich Weech I mean um, I don't know the, my the, pie Mario <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the Peach um, has a shotgun in the Mario and Rabbids game yeah. and she's really good with it um, so yeah that's kind of uh, our wrap up of various different games that we sort of went back to all the different thoughts that we had and I thought we'd end on another hashtag WCGP sure, question so this one comes from Joseph Bowman and what experience prepared you the most for working at What Culture Gaming now he just said experience he didn't say gaming experience so you can put whatever you want when I was a very young child, I used to write my own custom magazines, my games magazines, me and my brother. That's a beautiful we thing. We used to write them on the Amiga 1200 in a, a program called Wordsworth, named after mm. the port, obviously. Good. Uh, the, you can only have two colours, blue and black. So <laughs> the, the, any tips I used to give them in blue and reviews were in black. And on a, obviously, okay. on a white background? Yes. Good. No, okay. on a black background. I was thinking <laughs> blue on a black background. I was like, that would be monstrous. You'd only get blue paper in 1992. I know. ridiculous. <laughs> but no, I used to leave spaces as well to draw pictures. Good, uh, nice. First issue we did, it was called Computer Pl- Amiga Plus because it was about Amiga games plus other things. Uh, <laughs> the first, issue <laughs> featured, first issue featured reviews of Street Racer, nice. which got 92%. Good. Oh, 100% rating is this. Yeah, it was basically, like, I think I said, if you enjoy Street Fighter 2 but would like to see, like to drive as those characters, <laughs> this is the game for you. Uh, Donkey Kong Country uh-huh. was reviewed. That got an astonishing 97%. Wow. Which, by the way, the original Donkey Kong Country, a game, but it's difficult to revisit now. Yeah, very, not. very hard Don- to even look at, to be honest. Donkey Kong 2 is fantastic, but <laughs> the first one, no. no. Uh, we also had a whole feature about football games. Every football game ever released <laughs> was reviewed. What was the one that was on uh, the Mega Drive? It was a Super Soccer. 
Uh, the top down one? No sensible offense. soccer. Big fan. Yeah, sensible soccer. Sensible I, the, soccer. The, I, was, I was expecting you to just be like, oh, you know, it was like two pages long. I had a picture of a cat on. I, I called it a day <laughs> after that. This is Benji we're talking about. Yeah, we got into detail. It was at least 60 pages. Yeah. We, um, 60 pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, right, by the time that you finished it. <laughs> well, just imagine how long it takes to print out on a dot matrix printer oh, in 1990. One letter at a time. And you thought, yeah, well, yeah, might as well <laughs> a typewriter. Because I think... Um, WWF UK Rampage, we gave a score of 10%. I don't even know what that is. You absolutely bawled on yeah, it. Mur- murdered it. Good. But that, that prepared you very nicely for being able to do with it the hashtag content. me to write. Yeah. <laughs> Under pressure. <laughs> Under pressure. Yes. With, with a deadline, strict deadline. And with charm and lovability. Brother, I need that picture of Diddy Kong done by this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got school in the morning. Draw it yourself. Um, Jules, what, what experience prepared you? I guess I was going to go with gaming experiences, but if you want a lifestyle one, you um, that. Just robbing stuff, isn't it? Was I even, was I, are you still in the living? Yeah, yeah, well, well, I mean, this is the thing. When I first started here, and I still do, I adapt a lot of other people's I work. <laughs> so basically, I was, I, was like, I was just robbing, you know, just like, I, the only reason I got a job here is because they caught me stealing mics and they were just, like I said, I'm a voice artist. And um, for the sake of disclaimers, that's no, not true. No, it's not true at all. Um, I, uh, what experience have prepared me? I was going to go down I, like I got, a... I, got, I, got, I had, to, had to develop a tough skin because I used to work in uh, sales and merchandising. Mm. So I got used to talking to people about stuff they were clearly not interested in <laughs> so therefore it was very very apt to then go and spout my spurious nonsense mm-hmm. to an audience that sometimes cares and sometimes doesn't that's how you get us to do all your skits for yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> these things suck thing uh, i'm just going to go down the general perseverance route uh, yeah. if i'm going to cite all the other if you want to get started in anything like this it is just a case of doing as much of it as possible um so for me it was just i had my own blog i would have yeah. and review as many movies as possible as many I, um, albums as possible I, I can add to that as well a lot of people think how do i become a writer what do i need to be, be mm. do i need to study do i need to read this write yeah, just, just write, write. Yeah. just write, it's because literally, and then you're a writer. Mm-hmm. The amount of times that people say to me, oh, I've um, written this but not submitted it, yeah. I have to be really harsh and say, like, you've not actually written anything then, because yeah. it, it doesn't <laughs> exist until you it's put like it It's like Schrodinger's content. Like, you've got to put it somewhere, and it won't be your best work. It's you always, have to accept um, that it will be criticised, it won't be loved by oh everyone. Oh, yeah, be so open to criticism. Like, you'll essential. notice spelling mistakes, you'll notice grammatical errors, that is fine, mm-hmm. because it is out there. But accept it as well. And then you move yeah. on from it. Yeah. Well, then you make a video of it and then you keep going. But I'll say um, another life story that got me ready for this Mm -hmm. is that uh, I had a a negative experience with somebody saying that they didn't see the point in me doing uh, videos on video games and my own YouTube channel and stuff like that. And that spurred me on to carry on doing more than ever. That's like your final boss. Yeah, very much so. So I didn't do it solely to spite that person but i did it <laughs> with that in mind yeah yeah but i think yeah i think if uh, if it's if if this question was remotely put together under the guise of how do i get it good in this thing i think all of us just love video games love writing love creating stuff like we have that we need to get our thoughts out there whether it's in audible form or whatever um, and i think if you just do that in any form it'll get you off the ground yeah don't be afraid to work with other people as well mm. i feel like this is the one strength of what culture that most other companies and uh situations of youtube influencers don't necessarily have or writing staff is that they work in solitary. They don't mm. work as part of a unit that is. We ain't got something. no cubicles. Like now, we have to, we work, we share ideas, we move together, and if they're struggling, people help each other. Mm-hmm. Like if I was able to do that when I was working freelance, know that I could go and speak to somebody for advice and peer to peer mentoring sort of thing, I would have advanced so much quicker in this business. Mm, yeah, but you struggle alone often, so just yeah. I think a lot of it is uh, is team effort stuff. Mm-hmm. But even though like, like even though the examples that we gave were we were isolated initially, like I said. Like working on my own website, are you doing your like no, homegrown? I guess you're working with your brother and stuff. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but things only got bigger and you started working as more. Wait, hold team. on, man! You were eight and you did this sixty-page thing. No, I was five. <laughs> 
he was there. <laughs> they did very well. 1993. No, I would have been about six. Been six. The word prodigy is yeah. usually yeah, used. It's, it's usually misused to describe me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're referring to him as the Adonis Benjamin Richardson. Um, and but yeah, that's so something different, but also true. It's true. So for now, this is a bit of a culture gaming podcast. Head over to Twitter and you can use the hashtag WCGP to leave all sorts of questions and thoughts and bits and bobs you'd like us to touch on uh, next time round. But for now, this has been the Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Benjamin Richardson. Thank you. The little Adonis. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. 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 Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.